Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. Today, I'm delighted to have Jane Biscombe, Town Clerk of Weymouth Town Council, talking to me about, as she's put it to me before, the enigma of parish and town councils. We're going to get into that today. So, Jane, thank you firstly so much for coming on. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Matthew. It's hard to be anything other than great when you're in an amazing town like Weymouth with the beach and everything here and a bit of sunshine. So thanks so much for for inviting me on today. Well, firstly, big shout out to Weymouth. If you haven't been to Weymouth, go to Weymouth. It's beautiful. Um, (laughs) So let's get into that then. So what do you mean, the enigma of parish and town councils? Well, when I talk to people about what I do, what a town council is, what a town clerk does, there's there's sometimes it's very difficult to explain it because if you're talking about a unitary you can say what a unitary does if you're talking about a county you're talking highway schools if you're talking about a borough you're talking about revs and bends housing collecting the bins environmental health things like that when you're talking about a parish and town council they're all unique and different and individual which is one of their strengths But one of the weaknesses is we go right from Mr. Smith, who does a couple of hours a month working from home to councils like Weymouth, Chippenham, Shrewsbury, where you've got 50, 60, 70, 80 staff, numerous um, key local services and absolutely everything in between. We often say um, and make a little bit of a joke in our sector about the only legal thing we're supposed to do is allotments. And whilst you've got health and safety and employment law and lots of other things that we have to do as well as allotments, allotments are sort of the key thing. And we're able to do anything and everything if you've got the general power of competence um, above that, which means that we can be locally responsive but we're as individual as our communities are. So the things we're asked to do, expected to do, how we're treated by central government and our principal authorities can be very, very different. And it's trying to gel that together so Mm. we can show what value we can bring to the local government landscape. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because in a way, actually, the ability to be unique, to to meet the specific needs of your community uh, is a really powerful thing. But to be able to main like to maintain standards and the kind of the consistency of interaction with local and central government is a real challenge. Yeah. Just to give the listeners at home a bit of context. You talked about Weymouth. I mean, so what's your budget each year? What are, what are you looking after in terms of an annual budget? So budget wise, we have the third largest budget in the uh, parish and town council family. Our budget is 4.2 million. Our preset, however, is only, I say only, 3.2 million. And we raise locally ourselves uh, about a million. Last year, it was 997,000. 
and I'm still kicking myself that we we'll didn't have one last little push just to get the million. But that's one of my targets for this year. And we generate that from um, beach hires, so deck chairs. We have a couple of catering outlets um, and the usual income you generate with allotments, cemeteries, room hire, things like that. And in terms of actually, I mean, as a platform here to talk about it, what are you doing in Weymouth at the moment that you're really par- proud and passionate about as a uh, 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 as the council? So, oh, oh, this question is exciting, and and I could fill up the next half hour with what I'm about to tell you, but what I'm really proud of our council and that staff and councillors working together with our principal council, Dorset, and our partners. Obviously, no parish and town council should. Um, uh, operate in isolation. That's not what the that's not the strength we bring to the sector. Um, <clears throat> is we've only been going for five years, not even five years. So we were set up in April 2019, and we're already highly respected uh, across sort of nationally and regionally. People come to us for best practice. And I was asked the other day about. Um, we're looking at, at this. Um, it was something that that um, came into legislation about 15 years ago. How did you cope with it? And I said, well, we weren't here 15 years ago. We've only been here four and a bit years. And I'm really proud that so quickly we've become a key valued partner and critical friend within the sector. But if you're asking me what I'm really proud of locally, when we were formed with Dorset Council back in 2019, Part of the um, assets that came over to us, because we had, I know some other town and parish councils, new ones are set up differently. But on midnight, 1st of April 2019, I became legally responsible for all these assets, buildings, 10 public toilet blocks, um, 50 open spaces, eight formal gardens, loads of uh, three and a half miles of beach i'd only ever visited weymouth beach before and at midnight there i am legally responsible for the health and safety of over a million visitors a year but one of the things we inherited was a place called tumble down farm which was a 39 46 acre farm and it's well named tumble down because it had some buildings but i wouldn't have gone in them time it hadn't been really used as an active farm for many 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 years um derelict buildings rough grassland have been used for grazing so minimal um management and i can remember standing there and just thinking this could really be something forward wind four years essentially only four years we've got uh an education centre set up there. We're halfway through revamping all six of the buildings. Um, Two of them had to be demolished and the community came along and helped us with that. If you offer people the opportunity to swing a sledgehammer at a wall with all the correct health and safety and risk assessments done, you know, it's surprising how well the community came together for that one. We've got a community orchard that's been planted. The area of um, forest has been Uh, appropriately environmentally sensitively cleared and is used for a forest school we've got upper grassland management with I think we've we've just clocked over 600 different species including some regionally rare butterfly and insect and spider species we've got a group who are rebuilding our ancient Dorset stone walls we've got um, a huge growing space and what what we offer is 
people locally who have their own personal budget, so adults with learning difficulties or physical or mental health issues, can come along to Tumbledown and experience being outside can help us with the digging, with the planting. We supply fruit and vegetables to our local food bank and social supermarket. We also supply fresh fruit and vegetables to our own catering establishments. And I'm, I'm hoping to see a nice winter vegetable soup being served soon with vegetables grown just down the road that were harvested the day before. The potatoes at Tumbledown are amazing. We've also got community growing spaces, which are huge allotments. And we have Dorset Mind. We have um, Weymouth Churches together. We have the Lambton Trust, who are an amazing local charity supporting people experiencing homelessness. Really rate the Lambton Trust. They've got their own plots so they can get out, help tackle loneliness, help team build, help get people interacting socially and growing food. We make our own jams and chutneys. Um, it, it's just amazing. This is only in four years and we have uh, companies come along to do team building days. It's just growing like anything. And we've got even bigger plans for that to support more members of our community and um, to support people returning to work. It's just I'm getting goosebumps just talking well, it's, it's, about it's, it's, it. It's I amazing. It. <laughs> you are so passionate. and I can I can feel the energy that you must bring to the organisation. And I guess one of my questions here is how have you achieved so much in such a little period of time? Oh, oh, I've always been very driven and I've always worked in local government. I I, I said at my job interview uh, for this role that I'm a little bit like Superman, not that I wear my underwear on the inappropriate <laughs> layer, um, but that I want to use my skills and experience for the benefit of communities and people in general. I've never really worked for, for a business. I my, my ethos in working is that I want to leave the world a slightly better place when my time's up. Um, and, and that goes through all sort of areas of my life. And I'm just really driven by, um, and I refer to her an awful lot. Um, she's not real. Uh, but in all our conversations we have, I refer to Mrs. Jones in her second floor flat with her, her two kids, English as a second language. One of the children has got um, a, a cognitive, you know, so we've got these personas we work with and we ground everything in what the residents of Weymouth would get from that. And I've always been very passionate about making sure that people are enabled to live the best lives they can live. And I'm hoping that's what I bring to the organisation. But People sometimes say to me, God, you've done such a brilliant job down there in Weymouth. And I always feel like a bit of a fraud because it was really hard not to do a brilliant job when you have. I've got 29 councillors and they're all fantastic. I've got some really great skills in my councillor cohort and they really want to help and come in and muck in and dig fields at Tumbledown as well as pour over 37 page budget spreadsheets. Um, I've got amazing staff. and. About maybe just over half of my staff chupied over from the previous borough council, so knew their jobs brilliantly. So just let them get on and, and you know, let my resort team and let my um, green spaces team do the brilliant job they've always done. Just make sure staff are supported. The community are amazing. Our community groups are amazing. Everybody in Weymouth wants to work together. 
Mm. We might disagree about how we do that and what our ultimate goals are, but we all are committed to working together. So that made it very easy. The other thing that that happened here that I would recommend to anyone setting up a, a new parish or town council was I was brought in as the town clerk for Weymouth Town Council something like eight months before it was actually formed. Mm. Great gig if you can get it, town clerk of a non-existent council, almost as good as the first six weeks of the council when I was town clerk of a council that had no councillors. That was an interesting six weeks to work through. But um, I think because I came on board at an early stage and was able to set things up to hit the ground running, combined with what I hope is is um, a fun, relaxed approach to work, I'm very um, risk positive. I'm very um, keen to try new things and have our council try new things and be leaders and innovators, even though we've not been here very long. And I think that I'm hoping the culture we've got here is, you know, we'll give anything a go. And if it doesn't work, fine, we found out something that doesn't work. and We might find a better way to do something else or be able to share things that didn't work with other councils. So we're keen to try new things. And I hope that brings an energy and a dynamism to the organisation. So it's not just about agenda dispatch, having meetings, writing the minutes. The meetings for me are just the things that help facilitate the real work, which is what happens in between. And boy, do we get through an awful lot of that. In terms of obviously, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean that sincere, sincerely, you know, what you're doing in Weymouth. And I, I, I take my hat off to yourself, the councillors and all the volunteers and stakeholders with the council. Are, are there any, what are the challenges? I mean, you know, in terms of, we've talked about this kind of off air, about stepping up to the plate as local mm-hmm. leaders and community placemakers, but there are uh, anomalies um, as yeah. well. Could you give a bit of insight <clears throat> to the listeners at home about those anomalies? Yeah, and I think that's where my thinking about the enigma of parish and town councils, because we're we're hard to quantify and we're treated a bit strangely sometimes by government and our principal councils and here I'm not talking so personally about Weymouth and Dorset because we have a wonderful relationship with Dorset Council and but I know from talking to other clerks not all areas have those positive relationships and it, it sometimes we're treated as just too small to matter we don't really factor unless people want something from us. And one of my most disliked words in the local government landscape is devolution. Because devolution sounds very positive and very partnership orientated and people working together to share power. And it's not. I think in an awful lot of cases, not all, we need to replace the term devolution with the term service dumping. We're seen as the lowest level ever you've watched time team or worked in a garden you ha- where you have the layers of sieves and your top sieve has quite big holes and the holes as you go down get finer and finer to sort of stratify things and sometimes I think sort of government sticks services and tasks in the top and it all gets shaken out and the stuff no one else wants falls to the bottom or the most local level of parish and town councils and we're just expected to pick it up So it's a a discussion I have with clerks a lot around just because your principal council says it's not going to do anything or going to drop this service doesn't mean you have to pick it up. I've worked in a council before, not this one, where I was told, well, we're going to stop doing this, so you have to do it. No, I don't. No, we don't. 
just because you decide not to do a service doesn't mean parish and town councils have to pick that up and yeah, i think like we not, need not, to yeah so not not naming a, any council in particular but in terms of an example for the listeners at home that's something that may fall through the the sieves as it mm-hmm. were to the most local level of of, of government mm-hmm. uh, sorry to interrupt when you were getting the flow there but what, <laughs> what example could you sometimes provide? i need to be interrupted Matthew. not at all um <laughs> Um, things like so let me think grit bins is one that comes up regularly so uh, principal councils counties or unitaries are responsible for uh, highways grit bins but um, those councils also say that parish and town councils can have additional grit bins if they fund them and fill them and look after them and insure them and, and all of that jazz and there I know some instances where people ring up and say, can I have a grip bin at the top of my really steep hill? And people say, oh, that's the responsibility of the parish council. Well, it isn't a responsibility. It's something the parish council could do. But I think um, residents are sometimes told that, oh, your parish and council will do that when we don't have always the funds to do absolutely everything, which sort of comes on to another sort of tricky area around precepts so we're not capped so um excuse me i don't have the figure principal councils are capped in how much they can put the council tax up is it still 2.99 percent something like that i'm not entirely sure parish and town councils aren't and i know a council that put its precept up by 120 percent now when you're talking parish and town councils you're talking quite small money they probably went from 10 pounds a year to 20 pounds a year so we're talking small amounts and they did that for a very good reason to take over a community center so we have the power to do this but because we have that power i think other councils and other organizations and the government think i'll just give it to the parish and town council they'll just raise their precept which is not fair on us you know it's a risk of double taxation and it's not fair on those communities or the councils um it's great being unpreset, uh, having no cap on the preset, because it means, as we spoke about earlier, Matthew, we can be responsive when a community centre is failing, when a local swimming pool needs something doing, when new street lights are needed. We can raise those funds relatively easily. Obviously, there's a massive responsibility to the public person, to local people when considering rises in council tax and preset, but we are able to do that. Um, but we shouldn't be taken advantage of, is my yeah, argument. Absolutely. It's not just a case of, of saying, you know, just because we have the financial agility that other larger organisations have, it shouldn't mm. mean that we can just. And as well, particularly at the moment with the cost of living crisis, there's so many families yeah. out there, even small changes have a huge impact on their ability to yeah. to, 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 to kind of survive yeah. at the moment. Um, you talked about food banks. I mean, that's an amazing thing to be able to grow your own food. And I think that's just yeah. such a wonderful thing where, you know, when you look at government, whichever size or scale of it, it's about providing support for the entire community. And and sometimes it's so challenging to do that sort of thing. Yeah. So I take my hat off to you on that. We talked as well before about um, hair expenses. Um, oh, <laughs> so this is this is this is a absolute passion of mine. It came around because I have a counsellor. She's um, uh, uh, a mother um, and. I have another I have two count three counselors now who are carers for family members uh, adult family members with um, health considerations and I was asked you know is there any way we can apply for 
have some carers expenses to pay babysitters, to pay respite carers so that councillors can come along and attend meetings because we still can't meet online, even though Wales can. And that's a parallel to this carers expenses. Parish and town councils in England only are not permitted under the, the um, audit regulations to pay carers expenses. Now, if I was a councillor for a borough, a county or a unitary council in England, I could be paid carers expenses. If I was a parish or town council, borough, district, unitary, any sort of councillor in Wales, I could be paid carers expenses. In England, if you're a town and parish councillor and you need support in the way of expenses for a carer to attend meetings, etc., you are discriminated against and deliberately disadvantaged. What, why is that? What, what? I can only think that it wasn't deliberate and it's an anomaly when laws are written. Laws are written by human beings. We are all human. We all make mistakes and that's fine. What we should do when a mistake is highlighted to us is to put that mistake right. Weymouth Town Council raised a challenge to the government under the Sustainable Communities Act around this absolutely disgusting inequality that particularly affects uh, parents, carers and women disproportionately. And if we want representative councillors, we need to treat councillors with equality, equity and support them in their civic role. We raised this to local uh, to central government, to DLUC as it was then, um, under the Sustainable Communities Act. And under the Sustainable Communities Act, the government have to reply to you within six months. We raised it three and a half years ago. Now, I know we've had COVID, but that is absolutely disgusting way to treat parents, carers and particularly women. Um, I regularly talk to our MP. I regularly talk to the department. I regularly talk to the SLCC, the Society of Local Council Clerks and NALC, the National Association of Local Councils. I regularly research new um, cases and anecdotes around what this means for councils, parish and town councils in England. I regularly send that to the department, not heard anything. And meanwhile, this equality is allowed to perpetuate. A number of councils had elections this year. We've got our first sort of re-election elections next year and we're hoping to attract a, a wide diverse councillor cohort to make sure we make the best decisions for everyone in our community yet we are disadvantaged still and basically Matthew it's just not fair it doesn't it, it, it there's literally no way you can justify or defend that no. at all no. it just needs to be sorted out what would it, how, how complex is it to sort that out you need to probably insert in the audit regulations and parish and town councils five words i'll tell you what about That's a it. few weeks just to get that through i suspect that the wheels of central government are even slower sometimes than the wheels of local government but i can't believe it's beyond the wit of civil servants and mps to go do you know what this is wrong let's put those five words in because it, it, yeah. it's we're not asking for anything that other town and parish councils in Wales and other councils 
in England and Wales have got. We just want to be treated fairly. And that's probably a mantra for parish and town councils across the board. Treat us fairly, treat us the re with the respect we deserve, and we will be value delivery partners in things like the levelling up funding, which is another area I could get exercised about that as one of the largest town and parish councils in England, with some of the most deprived, if you use the um, index of multiple de deprivation statistics, some of the most deprived communities in the south of England along the whole of the south coast, we weren't able to directly access levelling up funding. Levelling up is needed in Weymouth and we couldn't access that for our communities, had to be done through our principals. Now I'm lucky, good relationship with my principal, but I would like that autonomy to do the good I know our council can do, as would a lot of other councils. And not all parish and town councils have that great relationship with their unitary county, borough or district to have that. So we're excluded from that conversation when we should be the key delivery partners, being that tier of local government that is closest to the community, best able to help deliver real improvements in the standard of living, um, job prospects, educational attainment, tackling loneliness, tackling long-term health issues. Involve us in the conversation and let us play our part. We're here jumping up and down going, you know, hello, pick us, use us. We're here. Hello. We want to play our part and we need to be allowed to do that because it's in, in these times you mentioned austerity. You've got to make the best use of your resources, your money, your staff, your time. We can help central and national government and, and unitaries and counties and boroughs and districts do that. We're an absolute powerhouse, something like 10,000 councillors. I don't know how many people are actually employed um, in the parish and town council sector, but there's going to be thousands and thousands of us who want to make a difference. So let us help. I, 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 I love your passion. It's, it's infectious. My, my last question um, is around, you've mentioned a few times the really positive working relationship you have and how lucky you are to work with Dorset. How have you made that relationship so positive? What have you had to do as the town council to, you know, uh, to, to have such a positive working relationship with your kind of principal authority? Yeah. So, again, because I was brought in, you know, eight months before the council was set up, I actually sat in what was then the Dorset Council's partnership office. So I sat near the strategic directors. I got, you know, I spent a lot of time wandering around the building, talking to the people in planning, talking to the people in Revs and Benz, talking to the people in housing, making those contacts. So I had a head start. And I think it's one area that uh, um, is underrated skill in clerks in building those relationships. We're great at setting agendas. We know the Local Government Act inside out. We can advise you on meeting etiquette. We can probably tell you how to do a playground inspection, the correct way to dig a grave or intern ashes. We've got all those skills. What we're not necessarily as good as a sector at is building those links and talking to unitary county, district, borough, whoever it is. And when you're working in a smaller parish, because I've spoken to, to lots of clerks about this, it can be a bit intimidating. So we need our principal councils, unitaries, whatever, to meet us halfway, to reach out to us and for us to feel valued enough to deserve a seat at that table talking to them. Again, really lucky in Dorset, we've got the DAPTC, Dorset Association of Parish and Town Councils. Every area has an ALC, an 
I've forgotten, uh, Association of Local Councils. Some are better than others. Again, really lucky in Dorset that we've got a, a really good one that helps us build those links. But I think we've got to spend some time building that. So we're not seen as either too small to be helpful or useful, except when something needs to be dumped on us. Um, and um, sort of key players at, at the table. I've lost my train of thought there. I'm terribly sorry. No, no, it's fine. So I, I agree with you, though. But the fact is you've proactively gone out there and mm. you've built relationships at the, the, the kind of the, the when the organisation was being formed so that that partnership mm. already existed. So as you've grown, as your projects have grown, you've continued to interact and actually you're both vital to the delivery system for that community. Both mm. have your own roles, but together you are strong a lot stronger mm. than if you were individual units working on their own and i just take my hat off to you jane because you are exactly. honestly today has been so insightful um it's great to see the positive work that you're doing in weymouth they're very lucky to have you and your energy and and uh, i just think it's brilliant what i will do is i'll put a link in this um in this uh podcast episode on our on our playlist uh, around the um uh, the uh, the carers allowance piece so um you know that we can encourage uh, equality of that and if anyone if you have a petition or anything like that Jane that you can share with the listeners so that people can sign it as well I think it's important if topics like this have visibility because I think most people in society if you told them what you just told me they go absolutely agree it's ridiculous it's not being sorted so mm. I think it's, it's it's great to shine light on these really important topics that deserve airtime and deserve the consideration but thank you for coming on the podcast it has been wonderful and insightful and I really do appreciate your time Thanks, Matthew. I've really enjoyed chatting to you about the things that I'm passionate about. Great podcast. Love listening to it. Really uh, pleased that I've been able to pay a part in one of the episodes. So thank you. If you haven't been to Weymouth, go to Weymouth because it's amazing. Um, but uh, you've been listening to The Truth About Local Government. Thank you for your time as ever, listeners at home and uh, everyone from here, myself and Jane. Have a great day. You have been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Remember, your local council does some amazing work, but you can help. So remember to vote and be engaged with the work they're doing. If you like this podcast, please like, share and give a five-star review. If you would like to feature on the podcast, have any shout-out of excellent work being done by a local authority, or have any topics you would like covered, please email me at truthaboutlocalgovernment.com at gmail.com truth about local government local government is at the heart of what we do